Okay, uh, let's jump down because we're being so efficient with our with our um, questions today. I love it. It's a good question. Um, doom, 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 doom. Boom, boom. Ooh. How about the course? Oh, how about a course on cocktail piano? What is cocktail piano? Well, we may not be able to do this right now, Adam, because we both are abstaining from cocktails as it oh, were. Yeah, this yeah, this yeah. officially jumps us back to our health and wellness. I should have mentioned that because that's been a big part of my Yeah. I've been drinking the last couple I'm going on two weeks now. You're going on two years, right? Going on seven months. Seven months. How do you feel? But who's counting? Same. Well, pretty much same. <laughs> no, no, no. I feel well, you know what it is? It wasn't as hard as I thought to stop drinking. And I'm not committing to stopping drinking forever, but I did want yeah, to take me a neither, break. But- yeah. So I don't know if this was your experience, but it wasn't as hard to stop as I thought it was, and I don't feel as much better as I was hoping to. So it's on- a good sign, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just kind of a- your general well being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so okay, so all jokes aside, cocktail piano, I guess you don't have to be drinking to do that. I think what 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 do you what, what comes to mind um Back in Oregon in the day, 30 years, we had a little book called How to Dress Up Naked Music. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Adam, how would you define cocktail piano? Because I want to see, maybe I'm a little bit off, but let's get sort of what this is first. I can't, I don't even know if I can do it, man. I'm just too hip. No, I don't know. I so would, is cocktail piano not hip? Is it's that, not. Is that, I wouldn't say that it's hip. Interesting, because I was going to, okay. Maybe it is hip. I don't know. I, can, I mean, can it be hip? Yeah, I know I'm sure it can. Do people listen to piano when they have cocktails anymore? Well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm like, is there a connotation with cocktail piano that it's so? It has to be in the background, so you can't do anything jarring. Is that or it? Interesting. I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I mean, I know about. I've played cocktail parties before, <laughs> but I'm just playing what I play. Did you get called back to get played again? I think so. Oh, you're good at it. Then you're an expert. See. I don't know. I don't know. I would think you would just want to work on your solo piano style. That you like who, Micah? Who are you listening to? That's a cocktail pianist that you want to. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, okay. Because wouldn't you be this. better just listening to Bill Evans play solo piano and then copying that? Right. I mean, like, is Bill Evans the greatest cocktail pianist? Is he like a transcendental cocktail pianist actually, or even Keith Jarrett? I remember my dad saying something about that. He's like, "Wow, Keith Jarrett kind of." He's like the greatest, I think he was always, he's like, he's the greatest hotel trio pianist ever. Please. It's like so advanced. <laughs> you know. I want to talk about Keith Jarrett later. Yeah, I do too. Big shout out to Keith and, yeah. and, and well wishes. Um, but okay, so cocktail piano. If we're thinking about playing something that if some people are having a drink and they'll be like, oh, I recognize the tune. Maybe we could flip it around. Let's turn this upside down and say, okay, you're playing in the background, but what if it can become like a subconscious kind of a thing? Oh, here, he's got a follow-up thing. Basically arranging on the spot is what he's oh, talking see, about. See, look, this it shows how little we know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what cocktail piano is. Yeah. Well, I could get that. I used to do a gig in New Orleans years ago subbing for the great Mike Polaire, a wonderful New Orleans pianist, and it was at a really nice hotel, the Windsor Court, and you would just come in and, like he described it, he's just like, you have to wear tux, but just practice for three hours and you make whatever, 200 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, that was it. But I, but you do, like, you're, you're making up arrangements as you go, but I think there is that element, I think, where you can kind of play something that people hear but it's not like they got to put all their attention on it but it's something pleasant in the background and yeah perhaps if they do want like maybe you're drinking by yourself and you don't want to talk to anyone you want to focus in on the music so there should be enough depth 
and beauty in what you're doing to be of interest to that individual as well, right? So Micah, if you are a, an Open Studio subscriber, like if you're a Piano Access Pass or an All Access Pass member, first of all, Peter's um, Jazz Piano Method goes through different standards uh, in a way that is basically like talking exactly what you're, what you're talking about, arranging on the spot. I also have a course called Lead Sheet Breakdown, which deals with this, where you just take that information that you get on a lead sheet and what can I do with that? You know? Yeah. Using different inversions and different three zone concepts. For, they could be applied as like a spontaneous arrangement. For sure. Yeah, you can either do it ahead of time or you can get good at it so that you can do it on the spot. Yeah, and I always think about too, it's like, uh, it's like we always think about oh, well, we have certain ways to do things and so then it's not spontaneous. Well, you might have a way of doing something on one tune, but then you can apply that concept or even part of that concept to another tune and then it becomes new. You know, there's nothing that's saying that you have to come up with a totally brand new concept every time you play every single tune. We can we can recycle ideas in new and interesting ways. The idea is that it sounds fresh and interesting. So when we joke that Keith Jarrett is the greatest cocktail pianist ever, the greatest hotel pianist, it's because it's like he, he's doing things that when you look at him, you're like, wow, okay, I could have done that. But he's just doing it so much better and he's making it sound like it's the first time he's ever done it. And he's making it sound so fresh and inventive that it pulls your ear in into a way. So maybe that should be kind of the gold standard of what a cocktail tree, tree, piano trio is. Noriko has a great question right underneath Micah's question there. Yeah, Micah, hit us up with a follow-up with uh, uh, if we if we hit it. Hit us up with a cocktail. Hit us, yeah, hit us <laughs> but, wait, no, but also <laughs> check out the Jazz Piano Method or Lead Sheet Breakdown because uh, we kind of deal with uh, these on-the-spot arranging techniques. Yep. But just under Micah, Nico, Noriko, yep. who, what's up, Noriko? She's a DGPS regular, says, competing with classmates better than transcribing Keith Jarrett. James Clear mentioned in his book, Atomic Habits, which we talked about on here. Yep. And, and I know- uh, Big fans, big fans. Big fans. That you may not improve your skill if you only play tennis with Serena Williams. What are your thoughts? So yes, while that's true, if you're not ready to like go hang and play on a gig with Christian McBride, you're probably not going to learn too much. Although actually you might learn some pretty important lessons. Right. But uh, that doesn't mean that you can't like- even though you're not going to play tennis with Serena Williams, that doesn't mean that you can't learn what a great forehand should look like right. from watching Serena Williams and, wa and breaking down her movements. And it's the same thing with transcribing Keith Jarrett. You can, even at any level, get some nugget of information out of transcribing Keith Jarrett or listening to Keith Jarrett, which is transcribing the way we talk about it. Even though you're not going to go play a duo concert with Keith Jarrett, which wouldn't probably be very educational because you just would, you just get wiped, you just get You'd wiped, wiped on the, the floor, whole time. <laughs> right? But and you wouldn't have much to say back to Keith, you know. But listening to him, transcribing him, that's a whole other thing. Now you're just looking at Serena Williams' forehand, her backhand, her her footwork, and you're trying to emulate that. Are you going to get 100 percent? Uh, accurate to what she's doing? No. Are you going to be able to play like Keith Jarrett after transcribing a solo? No. But you are going to have a better idea of what makes a great player like Keith, Keith. And right. so it, I think it's at the end, your analogy is a little bit off in that um, you're not competing with Keith here. You're not competing with Serena. You're trying to learn from them. So take what you can get. That might be, I mean, I remember once uh, something that we, we work on we worked on a, on a guided practice session on YouTube that I saw Bill Evans do, but I saw Keith do it too. Like he's playing a 2-5 to F. I forget. This might have been on like one of the standards records. Yeah. 
but he did a 2-5 to F and he played, you know, the diminished scale over the two chord. And I was like, oh, that sounds dope. <laughs> like, yeah. And But that was all I really remember from that transcription that I did years and years ago. But that was enough to like give me a little bit of information. And, and actually, not only did it give me that information that that works, but it kind of opened up this whole thing of like, you don't have to be so rigid about what scales play over what chords and there's it's really all five and all these other little things not to mention the way he plays the fingering of it is so freaking crazy cool that you can learn from that too so i'm just saying Nico, uh take what you can get from the masters yeah absolutely and i would just um maybe this is kind of echoing what you're saying but another way to look at it too is that if you are yes if you're playing trying to play tennis with Serena Williams and Serena Williams has like her game face on it is playing with you. Like she's competing with, <laughs> you know, another top ranked player, then you're not going to get much out of it. Cause you're never going to touch the ball. It's just going to be flying That's past right. you. And that might happen. Like if you go to play with Christian McBride or, or Keith Jarrett or something, and they're going at like playing, like they're playing with Jack DeJanet and stuff, a lot of stuff's going to fly by. But if Serena Williams is like here, I'm going to lay back and just kind of help you along and stuff, which may happen. Then you could get a lot out of that competing with classmates better than transcribing with Keith Jarrett. Now, if you're talking about like playing with class, like playing with people that are at, at more at your level, you're going to get a lot out of that. Probably yeah. more than playing with Keith Jarrett uh, yeah. at, when he's at that high level, but transcribing Keith Jarrett, it's, that's, that's, that, that's a different animal. As you, you, said, you probably Adam. don't want to transcribe your classmates, but you, you, to your point, Enrico, you actually do want to be playing with, I think, you know, you're hitting like on all cylinders when you're playing a little bit with people who are right at the same level you are, a little bit with people who are just below you so that you're the best player in the band sometimes. And right. then sometimes you want to be the worst player in this situation. Right. It doesn't mean that you're playing with Keith Jarrett, but you're playing with people that are just a little bit better than you. You're, you're, they're giving, they're, they're learning just as you are hopefully giving to people that are a little bit worse. It's like, what do they say? If you want to learn something, teach it. You know, right. that's, you know, you being the best player in a band could be a good situation mm. because you can learn like, oh, when I'm playing with people that are way better than me that's what i need from them yeah here's what i can give them yeah. so uh, well it's almost a thing like i wonder if you remember when well you're probably too young to remember this uh adam but michael jordan basketball player back in the 90s early 2000s <laughs> but for a short period like he left basketball like when he was literally at the top of his game like he had just won a championship his third championship i, I do remember yeah right with the bulls and he went and started to play baseball yeah in the majors well the yeah. minors actually like i wonder and i'm just projecting and just making stuff up right now but i wonder if like he he almost i mean not that he didn't have people he could compete with but like if he didn't want he's he's so competitive he almost like had that yearning to do like what you're saying somebody that's a little better than you playing with like he couldn't really do that in basketball there was nobody better than him there was anymore. nobody better yeah. than him i mean there was people that could that competed even like he had to work hard did at. you watch that documentary too i did yeah did you I, see I the, see the whole thing i forgot about this but when he was playing in the in the white Sox minor league program is when the baseball strike happened and they were like had that baseball strike not happened he would have made it to the majors of course wow. he would have yeah. yeah but he wasn't gonna i mean like he was having like maybe he was wanted to experience what it was like to be around people that were better than him athletically in that sport at least where he had to really rise up Anyway, who knows? Who knows? We're just making stuff up at this point. Um, so, dude, it's four o'clock here o'clock. in Central. Should well, we take one more? Or? Well, yeah. Well, we can. Yeah, I don't even. I think. Well, someone says, "What do you mean exactly?" Where? Where is it? Hold on. Hold on. Kevin, can you describe exactly what you mean when you say transcribe a solo? It's a great question, and there's actually a really good discussion here going on. 
about it because we say transcribe we we mean that in a, actually a variety of ways kevin like it could mean to write out every note but we generally don't mean it that way no we don't strictly and nobody got time for that nobody got time for that <laughs> but you can get a lot out of just listening to whatever it is you're trying to learn a, a tune a solo uh comping whatever it is and figuring out yes. by ear what it is they're playing this is one of the most valuable things any musician can do so yeah and I think that, you know, we, we do say transcribe and perhaps we should use more learn, you know, learn, internalize, right? Learn a bring solo, it, make it a part of your experience. It's, it's very much like, um, I think, uh, cooking. So you might learn a recipe, um, but like you can either go through the exact steps or you could watch somebody do it and write down what they're doing, or you could watch and like first understand the concept of what the dish is. Like, what is the smell of the dish? Like, how does it taste? What is the process? And then you go through and break it down. But if you only look at it from the standpoint of, I'm gonna read the recipe, and I'm just gonna execute exactly on the recipe, that's the equivalent of not even transcribing a solo. That's like taking a written transcription that somebody else has done, never listening to the um, solo, and just doing it by writing, or maybe listen to it a little bit, but mostly doing it by writing. That's like the equivalent of learning, trying a recipe, but never tasting it when, when the when the person who created it, you gotta taste it. made the thing. Yeah. Right. And so obviously next level, you know, is create your own recipe as you go and improvise and all that kind of stuff. We can compare to this. But learning, being able to sing a solo. I, th I still think being able to sing a solo that you learn, never seeing it, never having any kind of physical, you know, um, visual connection with that solo only how it sounds how it sings not even at your instrument just unless you're a vocalist being able to sing it is the most valuable thing that you can do to learn styles and inflections and vibe and, and concepts and the architecture and all, all the structural elements that you could possibly known and unknown bring to your playing and apply them in an interesting way but besides just i read this lick and this is how i play it yeah i think I think you don't, again, yeah, you, you don't necessarily have to write it down. Um, in some situations, if it's like, if it's your first real full transcription of a solo and you know it by heart, you can sing it, you can play it, you are starting to understand some of the valuable information. I think there can be value in writing it out. First of all, because it might help with some writing chops with just understanding how to notate things and how that works. But then also then you can do a little bit of theoretical analysis. Wait, why are they playing this over C minor seven when that's obviously a 13 chord or what is that? You know, writing it out can help with uh, sort of reflecting on it a little bit. Noriko commented here, put this up on screen. This is so important, I think, because we Noriko asked a question about Keith Jarrett and transcribing. She said, thanks, yep. guys. Most important thing for me is to maintain enthusiasm, I think. And I think that, Noriko, is spot on. Yes. You hit the nail on the head. Uh, remember, remember, there's also a lot of talk here about marathons, Peter. So, like, <laughs> remember, there, this, is, village. this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. That's right. Uh, and it's not even a marathon because there really is no finish line. This is just our daily work, our daily existence, our daily experience. We want to play music. We want to keep memories of good music going. Uh, and we want to stay inspired and have fun. Listen, nobody plays music because it's like, I want to be a serious person. Well, some people do, but I don't want to hear Dude, their music. You, you'll, you'll apply the robot voice to any, any situation. <laughs> even get me started. On the robot. When you get home, you're like, hello, honey, I am home now my name is adam <laughs> yeah i am sometimes oh <laughs> uh, that's that, that that's absolutely right and noriko thanks for just expressing what you're feeling because this is something that we all 
Um, this is what it's about. Yep. I mean, like we're talking about the nuts and the bolts and all this, but like, you know, sharp 13 and all that. Forget all that. I mean, think about that at times, but this idea of like, how do we maintain enthusiasm? The good news is that this is such a cool thing that we're nerding out on that, that, that joins all of us, that connects us, you know, this jazz music that, um, just great music, just great music. That's that, I mean, how lucky are we to be part of something that has a tradition and but more than that it's it's like a living breathing language right so like we can come in here and talk the same language we can play things or whatever that's like as long as we keep tapping into that yes things are going to be difficult yeah. things you know gigs will come and go and it'll be like man i can't quite get this but that enthusiasm as long as we stay connected through them through the music and through what that vibe is that'll be like rejuvenating so we'll walk away for something frustrated but we always come back because we're like dang christian mcbride sean and you know like i'm thinking about adam man it's like it's like th this is what we're connected for sure me and adam hate each other actually but we love yeah. music so yeah. we've become friends <laughs> through the bridge of music that's right? right and you know what one thing one more thing I just want to Wait, add. Wait, I was kidding, man. Then you're like, that's right. That's super awkward, no, man. Love you, man. Love <laughs> you. Uh, one thing I want to add to this uh, discussion about like, I see here like so some great uh, comments here on the chat about the daily grind and life expressed through art form that is music and, okay. and just taking it day by day. One other thing that I think is some wisdom that maybe it takes to experience this, but a lot of people on here I know are not kids. There are some kids on here for sure, but one thing to remember with this, it is a lifelong pursuit and there are going to be changes in how you you how enthusiastic you are. So don't beat yourself up if you're not super enthusiastic this week or this month or even this year. Like it is a lifelong thing. It does change. So there's going to be some times, right, where we're just super gung-ho. We're super into it. We can't think about anything else. All we want to do is get better at jazz piano, right? Yeah. This is how people, this is how gym gyms survive. <laughs> right. Because right, people right. are like, I just want to work out and be I in know. the best shape as possible. And then like, you know, November comes and they're like, well, I do want to eat a lot right. and not move and watch football. And that's okay too. Like that's the thing is you got to be, you got to find some acceptance for all of this so even in the times where you don't feel like working accept that you're still a musician and that's part of it and that's going to change right there were times where you couldn't stop practicing and that changed there are going to be times where you're going to feel like not motivated and that's okay try to get to your instrument and even if you don't try to get it to it tomorrow you know that that's really all we can do is to accept where we are and accept that you know our our identity is not super wrapped up into music but it is part of what we want in our daily experience that's all absolutely Great stuff. And I'll just leave it at what Kevin's saying. I love this. Listening to you guys while I'm taking your hard ass courses keeps my keeps my enthusiasm. So that like that's uh thanks much. Thank you, Kevin. Like that kind of enthusiasm, I think that we all look for that from different I, I mean, I know I'm constantly challenged by just the piano. Forget about just jazz music, just that dang instrument. And like I get as frustrated as everybody, believe me. But every day I wake up, I'm like, wow. Like that's, that makes, that gives me energy. That gives me enthusiasm. So I think that you guys are all really drawing on the right things, those challenges. Like once you can combine a challenge with some beauty and some, you know, enthusiasm, then you're on to something. Then you're on to something that's like rejuvenating and has the possibility through, and especially through a community when you connect with others. So very grateful for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we did it, man. We made it through another one. <laughs> should we do the, how do we do this? We got so much stuff happening. We're like, you know, should we do the outro kind of thing here? Whatever you want to do. 
yeah, I think we should do that. So thank you guys for being here. Yeah, smash the like button if you get a chance. Put up that put up that Cordy one more time. I don't want to see oh, this. Oh, Cordy, I forgot about Cordy, man. I got so many dang buttons here. <laughs> Cordy. Accordion. My great-grandmother was an amazing accordion player. Did I ever tell you that? You know, I have been known to squeeze a box. <laughs> hey, is that legal in this county? Yeah, I guess it is. All right, well... Until next time, you'll hear it.